This is the John Clayton Show on 710 ESPN Seattle. Get in on the conversation at 866-979-ESPN. Now here's your host, the professor, John Clayton. Give us a call at 866-979-ESPN, 206-421-ESPN. Bye week is over. Big game coming up against the Green Bay Packers tomorrow. Give us a call, 866-979-ESPN, 206-421-ESPN. Load up those phone lines. Dave Grosby joining us at the bottom of the hour. But, of course, we want to hear your phone calls. We're also taking your text messages. You can text us at uh, you know 206-421-ESPN, and that's on the Mac and Jack uh, you know, text line, Mac and Jack text line at 206-421-ESPN. Let's go for some text questions right now. Uh, from the 253, is Russell Wilson coming back too soon? Do you think the Hawks should give him some time, more time off? I think right now, I mean, if the doctor signs off on it, which he did, the team signs off on it, which he did, get him back on the field. I mean, he's the most important player on this team. You know, they need him. They certainly need him in these next two games going against the, uh, you know, the Green Bay Packers and going against the Arizona Cardinals. And, you know, he's got to see if he can pull out one, maybe two wins to get this team, you know, back in the playoff hunt. And so, uh, no, I think that, uh, you know, if there was a problem with him coming back too soon, we would have known that from the doctors. And if that's going to be the case, just come on back play the best you can and uh, see how it does. I mean, you know, I don't think the weather conditions are going to be that bad in Green Bay, so that's not going to be a factor. I mean, it's a matter of just gripping the football, throwing the football. I would imagine that he's going to probably play more shotgun than uh, most games just because, again, you know, taking a snap from center uh, could be you know, a little bit hard on that finger and you know, puts a little bit at risk. But taking it in shotgun, I mean, he can control holding the ball and doing all those different things on snaps from Ethan Posick. So, no, I think that uh, I don't think they're rushing him back. I mean, certainly it's amazing to think that he did come back that soon. I know that the doctor is amazed. Pete Carroll was amazed uh, because, you know, this is supposed to be, uh, as we now find out, to be a very bad finger injury and one that was probably going to take him out eight weeks. But here he is coming back, you know, at what, after about three, four, after about a, a three week, four week period. I mean, that's incredible to think what he's been able to do. But hey, that's that's Russell Wilson. He's able to do it. He's able to fight through the pain fight through the problems, work through the problems, and be uh, available to the team. And right now the big thing is he wants to win because he wants to get into the playoffs and see how good he can do. Uh, again, your text questions, of course, for uh, 206-421-ESPN. That's on the Mac and Jack's uh, text line. From the 206, can you explain flexing in the NFL schedule to me? Can the NFL just decide to make any game a primetime game? What are the rules about it? Well, basically, the rules are, I mean, you can flex a Sunday game. Right now, you can't flex a Monday night game. You can't flex a Thursday game. But if you have a Sunday game that, you know, if you have a bad Sunday night game and you want to put a better game on, I mean, you give it a couple weeks notice. And then what you do is that uh, you say, okay, that's going to be our Sunday night game and you can flex it. You have to do it a couple weeks in advance so everybody can prepare for it. Like you have people flying in and doing all those things. I mean, you just can't do it overnight, but you can flex, you know, uh, on Sunday. And so far we've gone through, you know, nine weeks of the season. There's not been one flex and you kind of wonder, it seems like, you know, again, Sunday night tends to get the best games. And so is there going to be some bad games ahead that uh, they want to flex out? We'll see, but that's the way the schedule thing goes. It's like you do it a couple weeks in advance. 
You take a Sunday game, and if it's a you know shaky game on Sunday night, you take that good game on Sunday and you move it into the flex schedule and put it at Sunday night football, and you know it just makes for better ratings and more money for the league and all those different things. Makes it good for the networks, you know. So it gives you a chance to fix up different things. From the 206, what is your prediction for the NFC West this season? Seems like the Rams and Cardinals are the teams to beat, well, without question. I mean, you've got a Ram team right now that's seven and two. You've got a Cardinal team right now that's eight and one. And of course, uh, in the last segment, we brought you the news out of Los Angeles that Robert Woods, uh, the wide receiver, starting wide receiver for the Rams, tore his ACL in yesterday's practice, and so now he's done for the season. I guess you could say now they're so fortunate to get Odell Beckham Jr. because at least they have a replacement. Uh, for Robert Woods, but uh, Woods is a good one. He's their second-best receiver. I mean, Cooper Cup is having a monster year, but Woods is now, with the uh, torn ACL, going to be out. And by the way, because I keep charting these things, there have been 42 ACL tears and 15 Achilles tears. And if you go back to last year, for the entire season, even though it was the uh, you know because again it was pandemic there was no preseason there was 42 guys that uh, ended up tearing their ACLs last year and so they've already reached that level uh, this year in, in in half the season 42 already and last year was incredible because obviously with no preseason and the pandemic and everything else you only had nine preseason ACL tears or at least you know before the year and you know in OCA uh, in OTAs and you know in uh, all the mini camp and all those stuff uh, training and again you had training camp but uh, you didn't have much of one but in the end it's like 33 uh, ACL tears during the season, and that was an NFL record. There had never been 33 ACL tears, and I would venture to say that this year is on a record pace right now for ACL tears because it's consistently coming up. Uh, guys are just blowing out their knees and blowing out because, again, I counted up about 15 Achilles tears, which is usually is going to be about 12 or 13, so that's up, and we'll see what happens on Sunday to see if there's going to be more ACL tears, but they're devastating injuries because, again, when you tear an ACL, uh, it sometimes takes you longer than a year to come back. I mean, look at David Bakhtiari with the Green Bay Packers. I mean, you know, they were hoping to get him back uh, this week, but uh, you know he tore his ACL last season and still remains out. And so he's going to miss the game at left tackle for the Packers. And so, yeah, this, this is a big setback for the Rams. And then on top of it, you're realizing that Woods is under contract for the next couple of years and maybe a question mark for the beginning of next year, depending on how he recovers from this. That's a big blow to the Rams. And again, taking your phone calls at 866-979-ESPN, 206-421-ESPN. Uh, from the 360, Professor, what's your thoughts on the Kraken so far? A little bit of a disappointment. I, I thought they would be you know, close to being a 500 team or better. And right now, what are they, like 4-8 and eight or something of that nature? That's a little bit disappointing. But again, it's an expansion team. Obviously, it hasn't gone as well as it did for Las Vegas. Because Las Vegas ended up going, what, to the... Uh, uh, NHL, NHL final in their first year, but like anything else, they're still trying to get together, still trying to do some things, but I think the big thing is uh, if you can get them, they're fun to watch, 
Now, again, the problem is, you know, I, I don't have ESPN Plus, even though, again, haven't been a long time, 22-year ESPN employee, don't have ESPN Plus. And so when they have the games on ESPN Plus and not on Root Sports or, you know, ESPN or whatever, I don't get a chance to see them. I want a chance to see them more. And so, uh, you know, I hope that, you know, they can get some arrangements to get more games on Root Sports uh, because that we get, and certainly we get ESPN and we get ABC and all the, the different entities like that. But again, it's just great having hockey back. And again, if you haven't had a chance to go down and see the Kraken, go down and see. Because one thing is, you can see a hockey game on TV and it's good. If you see a hockey game in person, it's unbelievable how good it is. So you want to see how that goes. And again, you can text us at uh, 206-421-3776 on the Mac and Jack's uh, text line. What's going on with Chris Carson? Well, he's got a neck injury. Simple as that. And you know, because of that, I mean, and apparently one that goes past this past season, it's one that's been there probably for a, a long period of time for him. And so now it caught up to him. And now it's a matter that, uh, you know, he has to see when he can come back. I mean, the thought was he was pretty close this week, so that means he's probably going to be there next week for the Arizona game. But uh, like anything else, a neck injury is a neck injury. It's one particularly as physical as he is that it could you know, affect how he plays. Uh, but uh, you know, right now, if you're not healthy, it's better to be cautious. One thing that's great about Pete Carroll is he's very cautious when it comes to injuries. If it takes an extra week, it takes an extra week. And that's one thing that he's always been willing to do and even more so in the last couple of years. So I think that that's the wise thing to do. But again, they need the running game. You know, they need, you know, a good hundred yard rusher. You know, they need Alex Collins to do well. They need Travis Homer to do well. They need DJ Dallas to do well. And certainly they need to get something out of Rashad Penny. So those things are all on the agenda. And so it's a matter of can they get it going and get it going in a running game? Because if you're going to go to Green Bay, you've got to make sure that you have the ability to run the football. So, uh, you know, uh, what what you can do is see where Chris Carson is and see where he's going to be for next week's game. But he's definitely not going to be able to go, and he's not making the trip to Green Bay this week. From the 2-5-3, what impact do you think Odell Beckham Jr. will have in L.A.? Will the Hawks regret not jumping on him? They might, but again, it's like uh, like anything else. I mean, you know, he certainly is a talent, but again, would he be happy in the third receiver mode? But his impact on the Rams is that much better now in the last 24 hours when we learned that Robert Woods blew out his ACL, is out for the season, and so now their number two wide receiver is done for the year, and so now Beckham becomes the number two receiver next to uh, Cooper Cup. And again, if you've studied the numbers on Cooper Cup, I mean, he's having one of the best receiving years in the first nine games since, I think, Jerry Rice in 1991. I mean, that's how good uh, Cooper Cup has been. I mean, what is it, like 764 yards in nine games and his number of catches and all that stuff. He's just had a monster start to the season. But now, you know, with uh, Robert Woods being hurt, you know, the Odell Beckham Jr. signing seems that much better. And they were able to get him for like $1.25 million, which was pretty much of a bargain, you know, after he was making on, it was on an $18 million contract. So, uh, yeah, Beckham Jr. now gets a more prominent role in that Rams offense as the number two pass catcher, not the number one. But uh, now that turns into a very important signing for the uh, 
you know, Los Angeles Rams. From the 206, has the NFL made any statements about the officiating in the Pittsburgh game? Seems like the Steelers are the rest favorite team. Well, I don't know about that. I mean, certainly it seemed like going against the Bears, you know, most of the calls did favor the Steelers, but the, the league has come out and adamantly, and of course a lot of it comes from Walt Anderson, uh, the new supervisor of officials, that he's totally supporting the uh, taunting rule, the the call that they had on Cassius March, which I think was just an absolute bogus call, a terrible call, and one that should never have happened. But I don't like the taunting rule. Simple as that. I think it's a bad bad rule. I think it hurts the game. I think that you're seeing more officiating than you want to. And you're seeing, as uh, Sean Payton, who stepped down from the competition committee, as he says, he's stepping away. He says, right now, particularly on personal fouls and things of that nature, you're seeing you know, each crew have a different basis for what they're calling. And there's inconsistencies as where it goes. And that's been, I think, bad. And again, this hasn't been the best year, I think, for officiating. You know how I've said through the years, I think the officiating in the National Football League is better than any other sport. And uh, I'll still stand by that, but I definitely think there was a setback this year uh, because, again, you're, you're seeing more bogus calls, you're seeing more wrong calls, and you're seeing more flags than I think you ever need to see, and I think that's bad for the game. Hey, you want to go watch football. You don't want to watch officiating and, and you know, uh, people throw flags and all that stuff. The game's not supposed to be in the officials' hands. The games are supposed to be in the players' hands, in the coaches' hands. You want to see good football you know, that's there that uh, can do things. But in the end, I think that uh, you know, the taunting rule was a disaster. Uh, you know, there's, I think, too many personal foul calls. And so that, to me, is very irritating. But again, give us a call at 866-979-ESPN, 206-421-ESPN. And you can text us on the Mac and Jack's text line at 206-421-ESPN. It's the John Clayton Show, 710 ESPN Seattle. This is the John Clayton Show on 710 ESPN Seattle and 710sports.com. Well, i tell you what, it's a very newsy uh, Saturday morning in the National Football League. I mean, Aaron Rodgers came back, was in the building after 10 days on the COVID-19 list. Uh, he was asymptomatic. And so because of that, they took him off the COVID-19 list. And it looks like he is going to be able to start tomorrow against the Seahawks. Then we find out that Robert Woods the wide receiver for the Los Angeles Rams, you know, ends up tearing his ACL in practice yesterday. And here's a weird part of that story is that, uh, I mean, uh, you know, people watched him in practice from the media. He'll go down a little bit, uh, but still they didn't think anything was really wrong because he came back after practice and held a little bit of a press conference and said nothing seems to be bad about the ACL. But now we find out that, you know, on the day that they technically signed Odell Beckham Jr., that the ACL is completely torn and he's out for the rest of the year. Now we find out in Arizona, starting running back Chase Edmonds goes on the uh, injured reserve list for at least three weeks. He has a high ankle sprain. And so now he's going to be out for this this week's game and also the Seattle game. And so now they're down a running back, J.J. Watt. We st- still see, uh, you know, I would imagine that Kyler Murray is probably going to be able to play. Questionable right now is De- DeAndre Hopkins. So, yeah, kind of interesting to see how the injury situation is mounting up for teams in this division. 866-979-ESPN, 206-421-ESPN. Let's go to Dan in Queen Anne. Hey, Dan. Hi, John. Hi. What a great what a great show. You've been leaf blowing with me all morning. 
Oh, well, thank you. Appreciate that. You're so welcome. I'm glad. I was so happy to have you along for the ride. There you go. Um, how, how are the leaves coming, by the way? Uh, well, I have a p- large cottonwood tree. Oh, boy. And it comes down sometimes all in about a week and other times in three weeks. Mm-hmm. It's a three-week year this year. And so this is my second time blowing leaves. I'll be out there at least one more time. <laughs> okay. Um, so uh, you've touched on so many great things. The whole running game idea. Yeah. Um, I know that Los Angeles is going to have a problem. Mm-hmm. And I think it's absolutely compounded with Woods now being out for the season. And by, by the uh, way, as far as Woods, he's, uh, according to, I think, Pro Football Focus, he's considered the best blocking uh, wide receiver in the National Football League. So not wow. only is it going to take away from their pass offense, but it's also going to take away from their running game. Well, yeah, I mean, how big is the jet sweep, fly mm-hmm. sweep game for them anyway? I mean, they're, they're handing it off to their X receiver. They're handing it off or, or push passing it to tight end. I mean, they run anybody in that game. Right. It's really interesting. And so the blocking on the edge is so critical. But yeah, I, I don't expect much from Odell Beckham Jr. or Von Miller. I, mm-hmm. Those players have classically been hurt every year for, the what, the last three years? And so it would be the exception, not the rule, that they won't get hurt. And if, if those guys get hurt, I really think the lack of a running, a, a true straight-ahead straight running game may not hurt them through the regular season, but once we get to the playoffs, mm-hmm. what we know about great defenses is you have to be able to run the ball against them. Agreed, agreed. And so I, I, I see that as the injury bug being a real big factor for them. I, I, I look at... Um, the, the mask and the vaccine and, and, and all of the mandates or non-mandates and how different states are handling it. And, and whole, of course, the Aaron Rodgers, Rodgers controversy of just not giving people that might be around him a choice to know whether he's vaccinated or not. Mm-hmm. Just just so badly handled on so many different fronts. You, I don't know if you saw, but Denver just asked their their fans to wear a mask in the stadium. And that's getting quite a bit of blowback. And I, I don't quite, I can't quite figure out why, you know, putting on a mask is a big deal. Mm-hmm. I, I've seen a lot of the arguments, but none of them make sense. I know that brain surgeons can wear two and three masks in a 10-hour surgery. So I know it's not hurting brain function because they have to cut your brain apart and do a good job of it. Right. That's one so of the keys. Um, that has all been really interesting, the officiating thing. That, that's such a big deal. Um so I think the intent for the non-taunting thing might have been a good idea. It's absolutely been executed as a nightmare. And, of course, this last uh, week's games proved to be a, a tremendous black eye on the whole idea. And and kind of on officiating in general, I, I agree with you. It, it has been a little lacking this season. Mm-hmm. And um, I, I think that kind of brings it to a head of just how poor it's been done. I mean, this may be the biggest black eye that they've gotten since Super Bowl 40. Yeah, yeah. You know, when, when, when Bill Levy came out after the game, weeks after, and said, actually, we blew it as a crew. I blew it mm-hmm. as an officiate. And, and, and can you blow it that badly in the championship game of the season? And, and of course, Seahawks fans, we're all, you know, resenting the whole thing because it was against us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I can never forget Matt. Matt Hasselbeck saying, we want the ball, we're going to win, we're going to score, and then throwing the interception. So mm-hmm. um, part of that was definitely on us. Uh, so the Seahawks, um, 
did you know that um, DJ Dallas and Travis Homer have caught every pass they've been thrown? No, I did not. And so we know they can catch the ball, and they're decent in that part of the game, and the mm-hmm. short passing game has kind of been a weak part of their offense. But more importantly, I don't understand why a guy that learned from McVay isn't implementing the fly sweep, jet sweep game because we have some decent blocking receivers, tight ends, all of that. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if you knew, but Everett and, and uh, Disley, their catch rate's over 80% of I the know, That I know, yeah, yeah. But see, and, the difference is, not... it's like you, you, you go to a backup quarterback. So yeah. you're not going to have your offense. It's as simple well, as that. I, it, they really didn't focus on it early, and, and I love that you guys touched on earlier, one of your callers and you, yeah. um, that, that September is appearing to be preseason. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it was Raider Jim or, yeah. or your, your Jets fan, but um, it, it really kind of is. And I, I think Russ was really kind of starting to get a little bit of a groove when he got hurt. Right. And But there's one piece that I have, I'm kind of waiting for them to implement, and I know Pete likes the idea of not adjusting until halftime. Waiting till the second half of the season to really bring the A get. I mean, that's been his kind of his bailiwick for. Yeah, Bill, Bill, Bill Belichick does the same thing. Oh yeah, no, no, no. I, I'm not. And and championship football, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, and and give your players to get used to one thing and get good at it, and then let them know we're going to be adding this, but we need you good at this first, so that when we add the second thing, we can do both mm-hmm. well. And, right. I, I understand the ideas. I don't understand the idea of not adjusting on offense before halftime. Well, because, again, it's like you have your backup quarterback in there. You don't have your well, starter. But that's never been a tradition for Pete. He's never yeah. been. You know what? Well, let's put this way. Let Pete, run... since, since 2012, uh, Pete has not had to use a backup quarterback. Russell Wilson's oh, yeah. played every game. Oh, and what a luxury, right? Yeah, yeah. So it's yeah. like, uh, but, you know, it's, it's a big adjustment when you go to a backup quarterback. Hey, Dan, thank you. Great call. Thanks, John. Let's go to Steve in Skyway. Hey, Steve. Hey, good morning, John. How good are you? morning. Good. How are you? All right. Hey, I wanted to ask you a question. Uh, well, first of all, I wanted to ask you a question about this Aaron Rodgers stuff. Yeah. Uh, everybody keeps referring to personal emails. If he was using the ESPN network and Allen was using the Washington network, those aren't private emails, right? Uh, well, I mean, you would figure they would be. But, uh, again, are you talking Aaron Rodgers or John Gruden? John Gruden. Yeah, you, you mentioned, I think you said Aaron Rodgers. Oh, I'm sorry. But yeah. John Gruden, I mean, those those are co- the company servers and the company network. Right, agreed. So it's not, the, you know, the, the the fallacy about privacy that really doesn't exist because it belongs to somebody else. Yeah, but well, and obviously when you have an investigation that's going on in the National Football League, you know, even though it, I, I still think it was too light as far as the $100,000 uh, fine and oh, definitely. I mean, it's like and you know nothing really done against uh, Dan Snyder other than he had to step down running the team and he gave it to his wife, so he's still running the team. You know, I thought that was bogus, but again, I mean, you to investigate, I mean, you open everything up, and obviously what they did is that they took all of Bruce Allen, who is the former president, former general manager, and took all his emails and looked at those how how they leaked them out. I have no idea, but they did, and it cost uh, John Gruden his job. But you know, here's John Gruden who was in, uh, sending out these bad emails at ESPN, and uh, you know, it's all part of the investigation. It should not have been involving John Gruden, but it did. Right. Hey, let me ask you this also. Um, we noticed that every year Pete Carroll's defenses get a little bit better down the stretch yeah. in the second half of the season. 
how do they coach up or or how do they improve the reactive speed of the players? Because like, I think the Seahawks defense could be really good yeah. if we have four or five players that do like he described Trey Brown. He loved Trey Brown because Trey Brown sees it and mm-hmm. does it. Yeah. It's just execution more than anything else. I mean, again, uh, you know, you've got particularly a lot of young players right now at the wide, at the cornerback position. I mean, you've got some youth at the, the defensive end position. Uh, you know, so that's all trying to come together, and you try to come together as fast as you can. But in the end, it's like, okay, uh, you know, where, where do you stand on all this? And, uh, you know, where, where is it? And so technically it's, it's one where, I mean, uh, you know, a good coach is going to be able to, you know, get things better, and they need to get things better because obviously, first half of last year, defense was terrible. Then they pick, make the trade for Carlos Dunlap, and they get the pass rush going. This year, they're still in the process of getting things together, but we'll see how it goes tomorrow against, you know, the Green Bay Packers and Aaron Rodgers. Okay, hey, we got to thank you for uh, the call, Steve. Uh, coming up next is our weekly uh, dose of the Gras with Dave Grosby. It's the John Clayton Show, 710 ESPN Seattle. This is the John Clayton Show on 710 ESPN Seattle and 710sports.com. It is time for our weekly dose of the Gras with Dave Grosby. And Dave, it's been a busy, newsy morning in the National Football League. So let's you know start from the beginning. You know, Aaron Rodgers got back in the building at the at Lambeau, and uh, you know they took him off the COVID nineteen list. I mean, he was missing ten days with COVID nineteen. Now we find out he was asymptomatic, and so it looks like he's going to be able to play tomorrow. Yeah, as we expected. So we've got yeah. the uh, matchup that everyone wants: Aaron Rodgers and. And Russell Wilson, both of them coming off of uh, some time off for different reasons, both of them with with, with something to prove. Uh, in the case of Rodgers, just to kind of quiet the noise that's been around him, I think, for the last two weeks. And, and for Wilson, to, to, for the first time in his career, uh, come back from an injury midseason. Yeah. How bad, I mean, how bad do you think that uh, Aaron ha- uh, hurt himself with his the way that, you know, he went on barstool twice, and, uh, you know, I, I thought embarrassed himself with uh, just a lot of strange comments and everything else. And, you know, trying to he misled everybody uh, as far as what he had, because, you know, he was saying that, uh, you know, he, you know, he got immunization and everybody thought, oh, you're immunized. So you've uh, you've got your vaccine. And it's like he never got vaccinated and now ends up losing, you know, 10 days. And in many ways cost him last week's game against uh uh, Kansas City, yeah. and so it's like, uh, and then he comes back and you know basically makes it sound like he's a victim in this, uh, you know, with all the criticism. Yeah, in in his case, he's the bet the the right move for him at this point is to no comment this. Yeah, he needs this he needs this story to go away, and and um, he needs the team to to focus on on what they have to do. Um, look, John, uh, in all honesty. This is all forgotten if they they reel off three or four straight wins and and have the season that they were they've been expecting to have, which they they still can. They can still be, you know, every everything is open for Green Bay, still top seed in the league, and and all of that is still available. So, if he does that, uh, the the noise will subside. If he doesn't, it will continue. Although I do not know uh, what the reaction will be from the front office guys in Green Bay when when he gets socked with, when mm-hmm. they get socked with their fine. If they'll that'll be a different feeling that they'll have. But uh, if Rodgers produces on the field. Uh, all will be forgiven in Green Bay within a matter of weeks. Yeah, of course. I mean, the Packers got fined $300,000, did not lose a draft choice. Aaron Rodgers okay. was fined 
$14,625. And, of course, I mean, part of that was because he went to a Halloween party, didn't wear a mask. And now we find out, even though you see him at the press conferences, and I don't have a problem with this part. It was like, for example, he doesn't wear a mask at the press conference. Now he's going to be forced to do that. But, you know, uh, I know I've been in the Green Bay press room so many times and there's like about a 15 foot gap between you know the podium and the first row of the seats and you know nobody sits in the first row of the seats in the media and so it's like uh you know i, I don't i didn't see any problem with that but now the league came back this week and said if you're unvaccinated and you have a press conference you have to wear a mask yeah so i'll have to wear a mask and and uh that's what he will wind up doing uh going forward it's uh it was a it was a strange week for sure in Green Bay, and and then like I said, in, here in Seattle, it kind of overshadowed the remarkable remarkable comeback of Russell Wilson. Yes, I mean uh, I, I know some of the people earlier in the show have asked, are they bringing him back too soon? And my point is is that uh, you know if there was a problem, you know they wouldn't have cleared him. You know the right. doctor wouldn't. I mean the fact that they wouldn't have taken him off the uh, injured reserve list. And knowing how what the doctor said about Russell, he said, I don't think I've seen a hand injury as bad as that, a finger injury. And yet he did the most I've ever seen a player do in dedicating himself to go through all the rehab and everything necessary to be able to come back. Yeah, they're not going to they're not going to risk their hundred and thirty million dollar investment on one game. I mean, if they felt that there was a real chance of, of, of aggravating this or if he really wasn't ready, even though it's a Green Bay game, they would not have made a decision like that. So, no, I agree with you entirely. Uh, the doctor said what he said, which is not a surprise, knowing how Russell Wilson works uh, and how we've what we've seen of him over the years. And uh, no one's going to no one's going to just rubber stamp him and, and have him play if he can't play. So we'll see if he's rusty. That's a different story of course and, and uh, look it, this is this is still a first I mean he has not come back from from a couple of weeks off and played an NFL game before so and he's doing it in a very difficult place uh, against a very difficult defense mm-hmm. so uh, it, it's gonna a place where he hasn't won I think the only place where he hasn't won so it, it's uh, it's enough of a challenge if he was completely healthy um, and we'll see, we know that, you know, he worked out and we know that he's in great shape. I'm not suggesting that, but a little rush from not throwing a little bit might be in evidence just from a guy who has never had to come back like this. Two big stories in Los Angeles. Of course, uh, they ended up signing Odell Beckham Jr. Uh, just in time. Yeah. And of course, I mean, you know, he technically signed a contract on Friday, but then we find out in Friday's practice, Robert Woods, who you know is their second best receiver, the, considered to be maybe the best blocking wide receiver in football, tears his ACL. And now the weird part about that, obviously they didn't sign him Beckham because of uh, Woods' injury. You know they signed him because they could sign him. But again, you know Woods even had a post-game press conference. You know, and people in practice actually saw him. You know, affect. You know, go down. You know, with a little bit of an injury, but I mean, he went and had his post-game press conference and uh, talked about it. And says, "No, everything's fine." Now we find out he's out for the season. Yeah, and he's a team captain too. I mean, this is this is a big-time loss in every aspect of the game. And look, uh, you know, Odell Beckham is not going there and making a big impact this week. I don't believe. No. I mean, what can he learn? Three or four plays, probably tops. Um, you know, they'll, they'll, they'll find a way to get him in there on occasion, but I know the Rams are really thin at running back, or excuse me, at wide receiver anyway, so he'll get a crash course the following week, but 
Uh, it's a big loss for the Rams, uh, you know, as a, for a team that's been gaining left and right, mm-hmm. uh, like I said, because this is a guy who, who not only is, as you pointed out, what he does on the football field, but it's also what he does in the locker room and around everyone that, that impacts the Rams uh, negatively, for sure. And then other news out of Arizona is that Chase Edmonds, their starting running back, uh, ends up getting a high ankle sprain, and so now he's on the injured reserve list. They put him on there today. I mean, he may be back after three weeks, but he's not going to be there for three weeks, and he's not going to be able to play in the Seattle game. Well, we hope that makes a difference, but Jesus is a team that that uh, is winning without their quarterback with with that defense that they have. So, um, you know, we'll, we'll see if it makes a big difference or if they've got the depth to to maintain it down there in Arizona. They're just having a great season so far. No doubt about it. Then Washington State, of course, uh, you know, big game today. Yeah. And Eugene against the uh, Oregon Ducks. And uh, where do you kind of stack them up in the Pac-12? Well, the the Cougars have got a big shot in this one. You know, it, it, during the uh, heyday of Mike Leach, of course, they they dominated Oregon every single year, and it's not the same offense, but it's a similar one. I think you know the key to this game is 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 stopping the run. And Washington State last played at Arizona State, they were a two touchdown underdog against a team that runs the ball very well, and they did a tremendous job to, to stop that run and and pull off an upset and and do it in convincing fashion. Uh, I think Washington State's got a real real chance here, but you know it, it comes down to stopping the run, uh, which is something that we saw Washington epically fail at, uh, and it's something that Washington State has done well. So if Washington State can 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 stop the run, they got a veteran quarterback who's having some success, and they've got a year where they've kind of they've kind of closed ranks. You know they've had one of those experiences, obviously, with losing their coach during the season. Uh, I think it's uh, I think it's a it's a tremendous opportunity for an upset this week, a tremendous mm-hmm. opportunity. Okay, and of course the mess right now. Uh, that's the positive side is Washington State. The negative side right now is a mess known as the Washington Huskies. And, of course, Jimmy Lake uh, suspended for this game. You know, he's not going to be able to coach because he pushed a player in that one brawl on the sidelines. And then, of yeah. course, uh, he fired the offensive coordinator. I mean, it looks bad right now. And so what do you see, first of all, long-term happening with Jimmy Lake and what's going on with Washington? Uh, I believe, kind of like a lot of other people do, John, that they're they're negotiating a, a, a buyout of Jimmy Lake's contract. At this point, I I, I kind of just just think I'll be a little surprised if I see him coaching another game this year for this team. Uh, Washington, meantime, has Arizona State this week. Um, look, it's going to be enough, enough trouble for fans to get to the game because the university bridge is stuck open. So, I mean, that's just giving you a sign of, of what, what how the luck is running at Montlake. Uh, but, um, look, uh, we, we, we just talked about it with Washington State, that, that teams, uh, when they have outside things bearing down on them and coaches can really say, hey, no one believes in us but us. And when that lesson really is, is something that can be uh, really grabbed onto, teams tend to respond well. So I, I think that there's a there's a pretty good chance that Washington responds well today, and I think they'll give Arizona State everything they can handle. But, um, yeah, I think uh, for Jimmy Lake, uh, it just feels like, John, that they're, they're readying a buyout for him. Yeah, no doubt about it. Uh, do you buy the idea that one of the candidates for the head coaching job, if that does happen, is Bill O'Brien, who is a former Houston Texans uh, head coach? He's now down at Alabama as offensive coordinator. Do you buy the idea that he could be one of the candidates? Hmm. Um... He could be, sure. I, I'd buy that idea. He could, he could be one. It depends on how he views the, the Washington situation and, and um, you know, I, how, how well he recruit here in the local circumstance. Uh, you know, if I, were, if I were the Huskies, I'd, I'd go hat in hand to Chris Peterson on, on that staff and say, hey, why don't you come back and coach for a few more years? But, no, I would like to – I think from Washington's standpoint, they like to think that everyone, is, everyone mm-hmm. is a, is a, who's a top candidate is a candidate for that job. 
No doubt about it. So what's on the agenda for the Gras here? Lots of football, buddy, and then hoping to boot the Kraken home. They're they they yeah. uh, they're playing uh, tonight against Minnesota. They, they've been struggling mightily for the last a week or so, so hoping that home cooking tonight leads them to a win. And that's our weekly dose of the Gras with Dave Grosby. Enjoy the weekend and enjoy the Kraken and enjoy the football. Thanks, John. Okay, thank you. 866-979-ESPN, 206-421-ESPN. Seattle Sports Saturday at the top of the hour. John Clayton Show, 710 ESPN Seattle. This is the John Clayton Show on 710 ESPN Seattle and 710sports.com. And our thanks to Matt Nelson for producing the show. Our thanks to Matt Nelson for running the show. Let's go to Commando Dave. Commando Dave, how are you? Oh, John Clayton, you don't want to know who I am. I'm down in the dumps. But look, it's great to be back on the John Clayton Show going into the second week of a Huskies Lombardi. What the hell is going on out there, Fender? Shout out to Matt, the MC Nelson, for getting me on the airwaves of 710 Cairo, home of the Getting Back on Track Seahawks, so I can bring it to the show. And while I'm giving shout-out, John Clayton, let me give one to the checkers at Safeway, the QFC gas station attendant, and the front desk guys at LA Fitness. Please stop asking me how I'm doing. In the first game of the season, the Washington Huskies lost to the Montana Grizzlies in their last game against the Oregon Ducks. Dylan Morris threw a pick into triangulation coverage at the worst possible time. Number 68 missed a block on a crucial fourth and one. And the Jimmy Lake era that began full of Chris Peterson's purple promises crashed into a brink, uh, 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 a wall of suspension. How do you think I'm doing? And, I think, and now, think you're doing good. And now, of course, John, John Clayton, reports are swirling that the AD is reviewing Coach Slate's contract, looking for cause to fire him. Put the Sherlock Holmes magnifying glass away. Jimmy Lake doesn't deserve to be fired over a four-second lapse of judgment. You missed your opportunity. If you wanted Jimmy Lake fired for cause, you should have done it at when the clock hit double zeros at the end of the Montana game. In my estimation, John Clayton, ironically, Jimmy Lake is Jennifer Cohen's Dylan Morris. And what I mean by that, the only reason Dylan Morris is the starting quarterback this year is because he won the job last year. And despite all the calls for a change at quarterback, if Jimmy Lake pulled the trigger too soon, it would look like he made a mistake last year by making number nine the starter. Same with Jennifer Cohen. Firing Jimmy Lake looks like a colossal mistake in hiring. If you're firing Jimmy Lake after 13 games of a 60-game contract, what did you hire him for in the first place? Because he was a Chris Peterson OKG? So let me just say to the AD, as Paul Sheldon said to Annie Wilkes in the movie Misery when she put the block of wood between his ankles and picked up a sledgehammer, whatever you're thinking about doing, please don't do it. And despite all the turmoil surrounding the dogs, John Clayton, I hate the first Jeff Crimson and Blake Gray bubble, but the Cougars ain't beating the dogs in the Apple Cup. And lastly, John Clayton, shout out to King Griffey Jr. for his rightful place as owner of the franchise that he was the general contractor of, the Seattle Mariners, of course. Shout out to the coach, Lenny Wilkins, for having the street named after him in front of Climate Pledge Arena, forever remembered in history of the, as the Seattle Coliseum, home of the Sonics team he coached to the 79 NBA championship, and last but definitely not least, to Mike Holmgren, the coach that 
took the Seahawks to their first Super Bowl and paved the way for the future of Seahawks football that we've been living ever since being inducted into the Seahawks Ring of Honor. My best to Mrs. Clayton. Go Huskies. Hey, by the way, Commando. Commando, one one last thing. Did you see what Dre, did you hear what Dre did? He got you that, uh... The plaque. plaque for the, uh... He's a little late on that, wasn't he? Uh, he's going to the Hall of, Hall of Fame in 07? Yeah, in 07, yeah. And apparently, you know, he got, he uh, he was, according to, you know, Henry, one of his best friends who actually brought the uh, the thing up to the Rite Aid, uh, that, uh, you know, and, yeah. so, and so it's like, uh, apparently he got it years ago, and he got it when he was in Puerto Rico. And apparently a woman in Puerto Rico made this thing, and it is just magnificent. And, you know, I have it at the most prominent place you know, as far as my awards and things of that nature. Yeah. And it's just absolutely fantastic. Well, look, DeGrasse made an excellent point last week, man. Uh, put it on your Twitter page, John Clayton, because I'm interested in seeing it myself. I know uh-huh. a lot of Clayton fans are. I was talking with Dre about that this past week, uh, and I'm looking for him, forward to him speaking with you about it because he says that's not just for him. Uh, that's from all of the uh, Clayton callers. But I'll, he, he can say it a lot better than I can, but I know that we're all looking forward to seeing it. So, man, put that on your uh, Twitter page so we can all see it, if you don't okay. mind, John Clayton. Well, Commando, enjoy the weekend and see if you can survive Washington football today. I'm restocked up on purple drink, John Clayton, yeah. so I just might get through it. Yeah, you might. Okay, thank you. Hey, thank you. And, of course, coming up next, we have Seattle Sports Saturday. Welcome back, uh, Seattle Sports Saturday. We miss you. It's great to have you back. And, of course, uh, we'll be back next week at 8 o'clock, 8 to 11. And, uh, you know, keep taking your phone calls. And so, uh, again, get ready for Seattle football. Aaron Rodgers is going to be back. Russell Wilson's going to be back, and Robert Woods is going to be out for the season for the Los Angeles Rams. He tore his ACL in yesterday's practice. John Clayton Show, 710 ESPN Seattle.